Welcome to the Counselling Armchair, hosted by Counselling and Psychological Services at RMIT University. The Counselling Armchair is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations as the traditional owners of the land. This podcast aims to help you manage your university life so you can be at your best. We will be sharing with you tips on student life here and ways to enhance your mental well-being. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Counselling Armchair. We have a great episode for you today and we have not just one but two fabulous guests and members of our counselling team. I also have some sad news and some happy news. The sad news is that my wonderful co-host Yvonne has moved on to greener pastures and is no longer with our team here at RMIT. We miss her greatly and we wish her well in all her future endeavours, which, knowing Yvonne, will be very successful. But the happy news is that I have a new co-host who is also a fabulous partner in crime. So I'd like to introduce you to Melissa Tai. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the co-host chair. Would you mind telling our listeners a bit about yourself? Thanks, Liz. Um, I've been a counsellor at RMIT for about four years and really enjoy working with students to understand why they might be having certain feelings and how to make things more manageable. Um, I'm really excited to be part of the podcast and to learn more from our guests. Thanks, Melissa. It's so great to have you on board. So what are we talking about today? Well, on today's show, we're going to be traversing the perilous lands of group work. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sure all our listeners will have had to do a group work project as part of their uni assessments. And as much as we'd all love it to go smoothly, we know that it very often doesn't. Too many cooks in the kitchen with competing ideas and a different idea of how much work they should do can make for a troublesome combo. So our special guests today are the amazing and wonderful Plia and Megan. Thanks for joining us today, guys, and sharing with us your pearls of wisdom on how to safely navigate the stormy waters of group work. Um, To start with, it would be great if you could tell us a bit about yourselves. So Plia, you've been a special guest before, but in case any listeners haven't heard that episode, um, and what are you waiting for listeners, do check out that episode on time management. It's brilliant. But um, for today's episode, tell us about yourself, Plia. Yes. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, It's nice to be back. Um, Yes, I've been uh, with RMIT for uh, quite a long time. I think I started as an intern here in 2017, I think. Yep. Um, Yeah, so I've been a professional year for hire for quite a significant amount of time. (laughs) I like that job description. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Plea. Over to you, Megan. Tell our listeners a bit about yourself. Hi, um, yeah, I've been with RMIT for the same amount of time as Melissa. We started together, um, yeah, so um, four years now, which is hard to believe, but yeah. Fantastic. It flies, (laughs) it absolutely flies. Oh, so great to have you both here and Melissa as well. I'm really excited about today's episode. So why don't we jump in? And Megan, you're going to be my first guinea pig. (laughs) So Megan, we know that group work can be a major pain for students. Why do you think lecturers like assigning group work so much? Well, I guess probably most people would agree that it's because lecturers are statistic. Uh, but no, seriously, I guess um, group work is one of those things that sort of is a job preparation, really. It's preparing you to be out in the workforce and how to work in a team. 
um, how to coordinate things, project manage, all those sorts of skills that um, that group work um, helps you to train for. So it sounds like group work is aiming to assess more than just content. So what's your take on what is being assessed with group work? Yeah, well, um, I think uh, the main things, uh, like Megan said, would be, you know, the professional communication skills. We want to, they would want to make sure that students can, um, you know, um, build up on their communication skills to be able to communicate out in the wild um, or, you know, out in the um, in different jobs um, and uh, professional environments that are out there. Um, so it, it, an additional thing is they want to see that students w- work well together. So you have good interpersonal skills to be able to kind of like take a project from start to finish. Um, and also some leadership and project management skills because you know to bring um a gr- group assignment together um there are lots of bits and pieces that come together there so um that to be able to do that from start to finish and also some critical thinking skills to kind of like be able to flush things out um together um and you know i think it's quite visible when um when a group project works well uh, in terms of the you know the end product. You know, yeah. Usually, you'd see kind of like a cohesive uh, product that flows, and not kind of like you know copy and paste situation where people kind of put just put stuff in there. Um, so it, it is quite kind of that you can see it if a group work work goes well or not. Um, so I think that's what the lecturers are kind of looking for and hoping for, and they kind of. You know, the mind frame is kind of like you're out to fend for yourself. you gotta, you got to find a way to make it work. But they sort of don't teach it, though, do they? They don't sort of give you a template to follow with group work. It is like being thrown out to the Wild West and just, all right, off you go, make it happen. So it's interesting in a way that it, it, it is it, what is being assessed is so much more than just the content because it could look like it's just about the content. But as you say, you know, actually a, a group project that's worked well will have good content but will actually be a, a polished product um, where people have contributed to it yeah but you know we do know from our clients and we hear this a lot that group work can be a recipe for disaster right so Megan what are some of the things that can typically go wrong when students embark on a group work project well I think you know the number one thing is always the communication you know some formation of a communication breakdown or problem is usually the recipe for disaster (laughs) Um, yes that yeah it may be that at the beginning no one agreed on how they were going to communicate that you know was it going to happen on email or group chat or and which group chat channel or you know all those sorts of things that that weren't agreed on from the word go um you know timing to meet thing you know for to actually sit down and discuss the the project hasn't been agreed on um so you know it ends up that people sort of are siloed and kind of working on their own on the project rather than as a group. Um, so yeah, there's the communication, the organisation, all those things not being worked out. And then a bit like, you know, Plea was saying that sometimes it can look like a whole bunch of other, um, you know, random people's work smashed together. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the project doesn't really flow. It doesn't have any cohesion. It sort of looks, yeah, it looks like people didn't work together on it. It looked like people worked on their own. <laughs> and then, and then and they, they just stitched it, it together afterwards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So, yeah, and, and inconsistency. I think that, that often happens as well when you haven't sort of mm. communicated about things that, you know, someone's talked about this a lot and then another person's talked about a completely different topic a lot and there isn't mm. consistency in, in that. Yeah. Mm. It, like, it's like it doesn't flow. Yeah. It doesn't make sense or maybe you're repeating ideas because pe- people have misunderstood what they were doing. Um, yeah, yep, yeah. Lot, there's lots of... Uh, yeah. Sorry, Melissa, you go for it. No, I was just going to say, I feel like one of the things that often doesn't get talked about in group work is each person's role. True. And there's usually someone who kind of steps up as the leader, but that's not really assigned a lot of the time. And so there's a bit of a tension between, you know, I, I feel like I need to kind of pull the group along and lead lead the yes. ship. But also that hasn't been my official designation. So how do I also respect everyone else's part in this? Yes. And there's the classic, isn't it, that one person does all the work and, you know, yeah. or, or vice versa that, you know, yeah. um, no one's doing any of the work that, yeah, it sort of feels like nothing happens. Mm, no yeah. one's really taking lead. Mm. Yeah. So there are lots of pits, pitfalls, you know. Plea, what can students do to avoid things going wrong and to minimise the potential pitfalls? Uh, well, I think, um, you know, there are lots of ways to... Um, to, um, I guess, prepare well, but, you know, we do need to remember at the end of the day, we're dealing with people, um, hence they're unpredictable, um, and, you know, uh, stuff happens to people. Um, so, yeah, as much as we can um, bring lots of thought into it and lots of preparation, um, you know, it's never a smooth sea. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, the first thing that is helpful um, is to kind of meet together as a group um, before you start the project. Um, so you can figure out, you know, the different members of your team, what their mm. strengths and weaknesses are. So you can assign work accor- accordingly to that. Um, I think there's also needs to be a conversation about the expectations because people come into the um the assignment with different expectations, right? I mean, if you can think about a situation where our person is like a, you know, an excelling student and um, they they do nothing but sleep, breathe and study. Um, while, and, you know, they expect that other people would do the same with this group assignment. Well, you know, someone else might be just looking to pass um, and knowing and understanding that ahead of time is really helpful to say the least. Um, yeah, so kind of like setting up expectations, um, setting up group rules or kind of guidelines of how to work together can also be very helpful. Um, we all have different ways in which we prefer to communicate with each other. Um, so, you know, if let's say one of the people in the group is really, you know, behind on their studies and they're quite anxious and their email is, is something that they just can't bring themselves to look at, so communicating by email is probably not going to be very helpful mm. with the student. Um, so, you know, talking about that, that kind of stuff, um, but also, you know, encouraging, um, you know, com- how, do we convu- how do we converse in a way that is helpful, right? And how do we um, make sure we understand each other, make sure we kind of like, you know, take ownership of our parts in it um, and how we kind of stay accountable, right? Um, I remember one group project that I did at uni where we said, like, we got so upset people were late all the time 
you know, and just we ran out of time. So we set up this rule. Like, if you're late, you're going to bike everybody else. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I know. I liked it very much. I was, like, already planning on drinking so much coffee, but then no one was late again. So it kind of backfired on me, that rule. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, as long as people know what is expected of them ahead of time. Um, and also... Um, yeah, I, I think also one thing that's important, because, again, nothing is perfect and people run into trouble, um, having a clear understanding, the expectation that, you know, if, if you are struggling, please let the other people in the group know, because if they don't, they can't help you, right? Um, so, yeah, um, making sure everybody kind of knows that. Um, I think, yeah, having these things right at the get-go um, and having a conversation about these things it's helpful. Megan, do you think I, I've left anything? I, I think that, any, you know, you've been very good at covering all of those points. I think that, yeah, that's really clear. Mm. Mm. I do. I love uh, the idea about talking about strengths and weaknesses to have a pathway to allocate roles because, you know, sometimes people just chop up the work like mm-hmm. you do the introduction, I'll do this section, you do that section. And that might not actually be the way to divide the tasks, right? Like someone that's like really good at organising might not necessarily write a lot of the content, but they might pull it together and they might do the final editing sort of, you know, viewer to make it cohesive and coherent and so on. It's and, and someone that's just really good with time management might be the one that keeps the group on track with its kind of goals and and like you know the sub goals and so on so it's yeah I really like that as a just a first thing to have a chat about with your group members about what are you good at and what are you not so good at and then allocating the roles that way yeah now if you're doing something that is to your strength then you struggle with it less right yeah absolutely um, it, it could be so nice if each member of the group is assigned something they like to do um and and enjoy doing and and don't struggle doing I mean mm-hmm. Well, that, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? It would. <laughs> it would indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And look, something that, that students often complain about are group members not pulling their weight. That's another common complaint that I hear. So, Megan, what are your ideas about how to deal with that particular little challenge? Um, I think this is a really tricky one, but it is uh, a bit like what Plea is saying. I think you need to be clear right from the word go that you know, things need to be discussed, negotiated and set up that, you know, if so, then it's clear that if this particular group member isn't pulling their weight, we know what they're doing or what they're not doing. You know, that it's it's clear that, well, yeah, no one's creating the PowerPoint currently or something or, you know, um, no one's written the introduction because this person has not been doing it. So I think, you know, having that clear understanding of what's going to be missing if that person isn't participating helps. Um I suppose the other thing is to, you know, communicate during that process as well. So, um, you know, if they've missed a meeting or something or they haven't said anything in the group chat for a while, that sort of actually actively engaging that that person. So saying to them, hey, just wanting to check how you're going with the group work stuff and, you know, just wanting to see did you need a hand or did you have any questions or, you know, so actually trying to reach out to talk to that person directly. Um I think is a really important thing. If that still sort of doesn't really work, they're just never answering, there's no, they're incommunicado, not showing up to class, all those sorts of things that really indicate they're not around, then it might be important to talk to the teacher about that because perhaps there is something else going on for that person and 
you know, maybe the teacher would benefit from knowing about that um, and they can, they can do some following up. Um, so, yeah, again, I guess the answer is communicate. <laughs> yes, it's coming up a lot, isn't yes. it, that word? <laughs> communicate, communicate, communicate. Surprisingly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to just ask a question, but I think you might have already answered it, or both of you, which is around how do you kind of manage conflict or when group members have different opinions about how things should go in the project. Um, yeah, do you have anything to add or do you feel like, yeah, it is coming back to communication again? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes it can be important to point out a dilemma so that if, yeah, if somebody is saying, I want to do it this way and then the other person saying, I want to do it that way, that actually just saying that, okay, we've got a bit of a, a dilemma here that, that you're thinking this and you're thinking that. So how do we navigate this? How do we figure a way through um, rather than sort of, you know, that barrage of like, I'm right, you're wrong kind of thing. It's actually just going, well, we've got a, we've got a difference of opinion here. Then let's talk that through. How do we navigate this? Mm, so maybe they could be a compromise. Yeah. A democratic vote. Yeah, or the per- you know that there might be a key point that one person's thinking. Well, we really need to talk about X, you know, and so then the other team realize, or the rest of the team realize, oh yeah, it is probably important if we make sure to mention X, but perhaps we continue to do it this particular way. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know, as as we've been saying, like yeah, communication is super important. Um, do you have any just general tips about good communication skills? Like what are good ways to speak to people uh, in your group? <laughs> Solve the world's problems in one answer. Megan, go <laughs> and go. <laughs> well, I think that people often forget that communication has two parts. There's the talking part and the listening part. Oh, so good point, good point. If we start <laughs> at very bare basics, it's really important to make sure that, that you listen to people um, it's not always just about talking. Um, and so we can demonstrate to people that we're listening, that sometimes, you know, we, we would say, oh, yes, of course I'm listening, but we're not doing anything to demonstrate that. So, you know, ways that we can demonstrate listening are by giving eye contact or our body language or, you know, not being on our phone while someone's talking or, um, you know, and, and up until ways that we verbally respond. So it might be that if someone's talking that you're sort of giving those, you know, the verbal responses like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that, yep, I'm hearing you, yep, yep. You know, that we're, we're following what they're saying with those sorts of things. And then right up into sort of reflecting back, I think is another way that we demonstrate listening. So if somebody says something that we sort of reflect back what we've heard you know, that we can demonstrate, I've heard what you've said because this is my understanding of it. Um, mm. yeah. Kind of like, is this what you mean? And then saying it in your own That's words right. kind of thing so that you're checking your understanding and then that shows them yeah. that you're listening, that you were paying attention, right? Exactly. Yeah. So those sorts of phrases, exactly like you said, you know, what I've heard you mm. say or, yeah, what I'm hearing mm. is, you know, or, mm. yeah. Sounds like. Sounds like. <laughs> That's another good one. Yeah. <laughs> We're having a giggle because this is our bread and butter writers, counsellors. Um, we, do, we do this listening skills stuff. Like it's a very core part of, of communication in counselling. But it's it's funny to break it down because it doesn't always happen out in the real world. No. 
that, as you said, people forget about the listening part of communication. They just focus on the talking part. Yeah, or there's a phrase mm. that, what is it, that uh, you're listening to respond rather than listen, yeah. listening to actually mm. hear what the person's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true, true. Yeah. So I guess what are ways that maybe people can be a bit more assertive? So we've heard more of the listening side, now the talking side. Um, how can they kind of get their message across you know, kind of respective, respectfully, um, while also hearing the other person. That's for you, Plea. <laughs> over over, oh, you, sorry, over to you, Plea. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is usually the Megan's kind of thing, the assertiveness, uh, the assertiveness thing, but that's all right. Um, I'll, I'll try to, uh, to, to answer that. Um, well, I think, um, you know, the, the main thing about um, assertiveness, it's a, it's a communication style, right? And, and it's a learnt one. It's, it's not something that we are born good at, right? Um, so I think practice, practice, practice makes permanent um, when it comes to that. Um, but we kind of need to think about, you know, it's, it's not about what, you know, what we're trying to get out of this. It's more about what we're trying to convey, right? Um, and the, that's where we kind of put the emphasis on, like, what, what is the message that we're trying to put forward and what's the best way of doing that rather than how can I get the best outcome for myself? We kind of need to let that part go, right? Um, so when we consider the message in itself, right, um, it, it, the important thing is that you convey, you know, how you feel about a certain thing or, or what you feel, um, you know, is happening or is going on. Uh, as in, what is your perspective on this? Yeah, um, and um, follow up with, I guess, a, a, an invitation to join the conversation rather than this is what I think, and you know, if you don't agree, then goodbye. Um, we kind of have to, we have to talk to a solution. Um, so I think a, a good structure of a sentence like that might be, you know, starting off with an I statement to make sure you're talking about yourself and no one else, right? Um, and, and stating how you feel in this situation or what you think is, is kind of going on um, and following that up with like, I think, you know, potentially I would like this to happen next. What do you think about that? Um, so kind of opening that up um, to a conversation um, and, and being it a, a mutual piece rather than um, just very one-sided. I think a lot of people mix up assertiveness and aggressiveness and I think they think assertiveness is actually aggressiveness which is just to be the loudest person in the room and the most dominant and powerful person in the room and I don't think that's what assertiveness is at all. As you've just said, assertiveness is about inviting a conversation so we can collaborate on this. Yes, holding my ground. Yes, saying this is what I think and owning that <laughs> but not getting into upping the conflict or upping the aggression. It's actually a very not aggressive way of, of speaking, right? Mm, absolutely. Mm. And I guess in, in lots of ways, it's very disarming, mm. um, you know, because I think where communication fails a lot of the time um, is that people fail to see that they don't start off from the same place. Yeah. Um, and there are lots of things that, you know, I, I guess both parties are blind to. Um, so if I guess you start the conversation by kind of really 
talking about your viewpoint of things um, and your reasoning for things. You know, it's, it's very hard to come back at you in a, in a you know, in an aggressive mm, way to absolutely. that. Um, of course, people will try. Some people yeah. will try and, and would, some people would be successful, uh, unfortunately, you know. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, it invites a certain vibe. It invites a certain response. Um, you know, it's hard to come back with something unreasonable when someone's saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel quite, you know, I, 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 I don't know, I feel vulnerable when you say this mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, it, 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 it's quite hard to kind of come back. Well, we, oh, well, you should do, you know, Absolutely. It's, it's more inviting of, a, oh, you know, I didn't know you felt yeah. this way. Um, so it's, it's really kind of like a, an enlightening or, you know, shining a light on, um, what usually is kept in the dark kind of situation um, that helps people engage in conversation better because they now know um, what's going on for the other person. Yeah, I love that. I love that, like, just coming from a place of curiosity. Yes. Rather than, okay, automatically assuming we're on the same page or that the other person knows what we want or that what we're thinking and and vice versa. Um, And I really like that distinction between the, you know, focusing on how you convey it rather than the outcome that you want. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really lovely. Mm. Yeah, it's funny how we think we're good at mind reading, yes. isn't it? <laughs> yes. We're really, we're really bad. It's so bad. And, and I think the thing with, like, when you come at it aggressively is that it just triggers defensiveness, right? And the minute that you get defensive, you counterattack, and then all of a sudden you're both, like, throwing grenades at each other and not much real communication is happening at all. So the way that you speak is so important, you know, with this uh, this intention of let's understand each other better and let me let you in rather than expecting you to read my mind but let you in on what I'm feeling and thinking in this moment and let's collaborate on a solution here yeah yeah absolutely I think it might be also kind of important to um to note here that we we do come across situations you know in the the counseling space where people talk about um really harmful uh, interactions Mm. that they've had with group members um you know even some that would amount to um uh, you know um being bullied or um, feel yeah. you know assaulted um, or targeted um, and um, there are um, resources around the university um, for people to reach out to if they do feel unsafe in that interaction so it is important to let everybody know that um, you know the safer community is a good resource to have a consult with so if you feel like you're being targeted in your group or if you feel like you're being bullied um, and you maybe you're not you know you're unsure or you know is, is this really happening or is, is this what it is like you're always free to make contact with safer communities and they can advise you um, um, you know they can help you kind of talk th- talk through this and understand what is going on but also they can they can kind of offer up um, any um, remedies or uh, inform you of your options um, to help you to p- plan out your response. Mm, that's a really good point. Yeah, they're a great resource. Yeah. Megan, would you have anything to add to the assertiveness piece since Plea said that's that's sort of your <laughs> that's your baby usually? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's probably, yeah, Plea's covered it really well and I think it is, like Melissa was saying, the curiosity is a really big part of assertiveness. It's just sort of seeking to want to understand, you know, that that's, and particularly, you know, essential for conflict management of just trying to understand what, what is the problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what, what is the conflict that we're having that, 
you know, um, sometimes it might seem obvious that we just have a different opinion, but other times it might be it just is a, a conflict about how something's being done rather than what we're doing. Um, but you can only find that answer by being curious, I think, and it's being, and I think being really clear. That's the other really big thing about assertiveness is clarity. So being quite clear about what your stance on something is or what your opinion is or, mm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do wonder as well with, with all this, you know, this potential for misunderstanding, whether the mode of communication is actually really important. You know, we tend to do everything online these days. We chat rather than see someone face-to-face or by video a lot of the time. And so maybe in this context, it is actually ideal to see somebody and their face um, and to get those kind of nonverbal cues so that you feel like you are actually more on the same page. I think that's a really good tip tip because I think text messages can sound like quite different to what the intention was when you wrote it like you know to someone can read it and go oh that, this sounds quite aggressive to me and maybe that that wasn't the intent at all but when you're in mm. together in person and you can hear tone of voice and eye contact and all of that sort of stuff you can interpret much better what the meaning is behind what people are saying and have an, an opportunity to clarify you know what do you mean tell me more about that uh, help me understand that better. Mm. Right. Absolutely. And a, fu- a funny tidbit, I think, you know, there, there were um, lots of people were talking about this stuff, you know, when the pandemic was, mm. was happening. Um, that, you know, they're just, you know, in the in workplaces where people joined during the pandemic and have never met their team members. You know, the, uh, the cohesiveness in the, in the groups really was really affected by yeah. that. Right, so we, we we work we are humans we we need connection we strive with connection um, and you know it, it we get attached and, and when we do feel attached to the people in our group it's it, it's much harder to let them down mm-hmm. you know so, so once we have done that and we've built this this connection it is a recipe for people working better together than having no contact you know mm-hmm. if you're just disappointing a face on a screen it's a very different feel to someone who's you know you've you've, you've had actual contact with yeah um, or if it's just so, a text yeah. in a chat and they're not even a real person in a way absolutely mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely yeah I think that's that's such a good point it sounds like what people should do is like go out for dinner or lunch or something together and just hang out socially a little bit because sometimes you get put into groups with people that you don't know that well right so you know having that sort of being on the same page and that cohesion could be really good yeah absolutely get to know each other yeah yeah Yeah, and I think we've already covered this question that I was going to ask which is about what you do when you're trying to communicate but you've been ghosted and and Megan you know you mentioned about you know reaching out and then if you're not getting any response that you can have a chat to the teacher about what your options are Um, but what what about if you're the one that's doing the ghosting like how do you come back from that like maybe you're overwhelmed and it's just all too much and there's like a lot of things you know, and you're using avoidance to cope and so you've been ghosting your team members. How do you come back from that? Yeah, well, I suppose that you've, you've uh, given the clue there, haven't you, Liz, <laughs> that it is about avoidance. And so I think that avoidance doesn't solve the problem. It just is a temporary um, fix. Uh, so I think it is important to just acknowledge it sometimes and maybe it is in the group chat that you just acknowledge, look, I haven't been doing so well. I, you know, acknowledge I haven't been here Um I know that I've been assigned such and such task, but I might need a bit of help with it. 
um, or something like that. Or it could be that, you know, if there's one particular person in the group that you feel a little bit more comfortable with, maybe you could reach out to them privately and just say, look, you know, I've been really struggling. I really want to contribute, but I'm finding it hard to get back into the group or something. So maybe that person could help come with you to the meeting or, um, maybe alert the other team members if that would feel comfortable for you or yeah so just sort of I guess having a look at other ways that you could re-engage that feel a little bit safer to do so um and I think you know it's really important if that's the situation that you're in that you seek some help you know that come to the counselling team and have a bit of a chat about that and um and start to work through what might be going on for you yeah, because I think a lot of people who might might avoid in this context probably avoid in other contexts yeah, as well. Definitely true. Yeah, so it might be a bit of a pattern. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But it can be worked on. I think it, it's not a it's not mm. a um, unsolvable problem. It's Absolutely, something that can be worked through, and yeah. you can develop some skills and tools on how to manage these sorts of situations. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that I, I think something that people don't realize is that even if they feel like they're really behind and they they just can't show up sometimes just the showing up makes such a big difference for the group and they just know that you're there that's so true and you can also feel re-motivated and reinvigorated by being there you know it just it it puts you back in into the process um, when you've been avoiding it and then that can that can be quite motivating so yeah, get get in early. It sounds like you know, reach out, tell someone that you're struggling, um, and either get help from a group member or the group as a whole, or you know, yeah, come and talk to the counselling service and come and sort of collaborate on some ideas about how to break through the avoidance because it's such a common pattern, isn't it? Avoidance, you know, it's like many of us do that as a way of coping, and it's very rarely a good way of coping, even though it gives you immediate relief. Um, mm. And that's why it's so tempting just to avoid. If I just don't go there, then I don't have to think about it sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the one other thing that we didn't mention was maybe talking to the teacher as well as an mm. option. So, oh, true. Yeah, um, I think teaching staff are there. They're able to help if you let them know <laughs> that yeah. they can do something, you know, yeah. that I think sometimes people worry that, yeah, maybe the teachers won't be able to help or, or something like that. But I think it's always a possibility. So really encourage you to talk to your teachers too. And undoubtedly they will have, um, you know, heard about all of the different things that can go wrong in groups and they might actually have some good ideas for how to fix it. Because exactly. <laughs> they're probably, exactly. you know, being like leading the class where this group work happens more than once. It's not their first rodeo. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, good point. And Melissa, I'm sorry, I've jumbled up the questions. So do you no, want to ask the yeah. next question? We'll just swap <laughs> what we had planned. Well, yeah, maybe we can we can start to wrap it up and, and maybe finally, like, what is a takeaway message on negotiating group work that you would like our students to hear about? Mm-hmm. Maybe each of you. Clear, Megan, either one. Let's go, Clear, and then Megan. Communicate, communicate, communicate. You stole mine. Communicate. Communicate. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's the, I mean, the main take-home message, isn't it? Um, Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, everything relies on this. Um, everything relies on, the, on on this bed of communication with your peers, with your teaching staff. Um, and um, yeah, you can avoid lots of trouble um, if you get in the habit um, of doing that early. 
uh, yeah, and and also you know it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, hurt for the you know, for the communication to be overt and um, seen by everyone. As in you know it doesn't hurt to keep minutes so everyone knows what's going on, um, and you know it can avoid unnecessary arguments about who's doing what and and what was said and what was you know assigned um yeah so communicating and keeping good records um i think would be uh my take-home thing brilliant thanks player sorry Megan. <laughs> yeah, thanks, player. yeah thanks player that's really my, <laughs> sorry. my hot tip um but i suppose yeah obviously communication is is a really important thing but a bit like players saying it could be good to kind of set things up from the word go i think that's the other big tip on mm-hmm. group work is to rather than just like hope it's all gonna work out just let's wing it yeah let's sit down actually on the first group meeting and straight away set up some things that you know yeah sort of doing that brainstorming session what ideas have people got you know take all the ideas in and, and you know really um trying to make sure we're listening to everybody that everybody feels as though they're being contributed or contributing and, and heard um and then you know have that summarizing okay well how do we distill this out into what we're going to do so that first meeting between the group i think needs to be it's integral that, that that's a, a brainstorming but then a very clear plan um, so very organised, um, you know, plan about, okay, you're going to do this, I'm going to do that, this person's going to do this. Um, and, and as Plea said, document it so that there can be a little summary of what we've agreed on today is X, Y, Z. So everyone can refer back to it. It's very clear. There's no misunderstanding. And, you know, yeah, keep doing that. Keep meeting. I think that's the other thing. It's sometimes mm-hmm. it might be that one, one meeting and then, the, you know, the day before meeting. <laughs> Um, the day before it's due, but there might need to be, you know, at least another one or two potential meetings between that, um, the beginning and the submission. Yeah, and maybe you book those in right at the start so everyone can put them in their diary and know that they that they have to commit to those times when you're going to catch up with each other and see where you're at with the project. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and make it easy. Make those meetings in person. And yeah. in person, yeah. Yeah, so make it easy, put it just before class or just after class or something nice. like that so that it doesn't make it difficult for people to attend those meetings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah, so it's the communication, 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 but it's also <laughs> organisation and planning yeah. is also really key, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. And I, and I like what you said earlier about setting those group rules and expectations at the start because I think that that often doesn't get talked about in that first meeting. No. It's, it's usually just focusing on the question they're trying to answer in their assignment. Um, but it's actually about how do we work in this group together? Yeah, because people aren't thinking about those those um, skill sets that are actually being assessed as part of the group work. They're focusing on the content, <laughs> but there's all that other stuff, isn't it, about how we collaborate and respectfully work with each other to create a seamless finished product kind of thing. That doesn't really, I mean, I don't know, it's been a while since I was at uni, but I don't remember them telling us that, that that was part of the group work. You just get given the topic and you have to create this product. And so it's no wonder that people are focused on the content only and not thinking about this other stuff that's actually so central to effective group work. Mm. And I suppose that's the other thing is remembering the point of the group work is often yeah. about this. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's not always just about, yeah, what we're, we're trying to 
communicate or, or you yeah. know, present. It's actually yeah. about getting along together and, yeah. and working together. So practice, use it as a practice of so practicing your communication skills, your mm-hmm. assertiveness, you know, use uni for what it's there for to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Claire and Megan, for joining us today and for sharing these great ideas about how to navigate group work. Hopefully, if you can anticipate what could go wrong, then you can deal with it more effectively. Uh, Group work can be really stressful, but can also be enriching. Collaborating with others is something we have to do in every profession, so it's a good skill to develop. Thanks for listening today and taking a seat in our counselling armchair. Thanks for joining us today on the Counselling Armchair. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned a useful thing or two. Have a great week and just remember that life can be amazing. See you next time. Isn't life so amazing? Sometimes it can get crazy, but hey, that's okay. We've got another day to make mistakes and say sorry. There's no sense in our worry Cause all we can do Is try our best to make it through with love